Good morning. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Our scripture reading today is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy new year to you, 2019. Has anybody written 2018 yet? Like, have you, have you made the switch? You still writing bad checks? Okay. Uh, I always do that every year. So be honest with me, okay? Is anyone else struggling to, like, get back into real life after the holidays? Is anybody else still a little like, man, didn't, didn't I get more time off or something? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I think this, like, first week back after kind of New Year and Christmas and all that stuff is one of the hardest times of year for me personally. It just, it always is. Uh, it's hard for me to kind of get reacquainted back into real life. And then you add on top of that, you guys, tomorrow is the first Monday of the new year. It's the first Monday. Okay, Mondays are hard anyway, right? There's a reason there's no restaurant called TGIM, right? No one, <laughs> no one says, oh man, Monday. Uh, Mondays are tough, uh, but especially after Christmas, just for me, you guys, I, you know, I love my job. I really do. I love what I do. Mondays are kind of our big planning day here at Christ Community. It's when we think about, among other things, we think about the following Sunday and then the one after that as well. Uh, and I'll be honest, there are some Mondays I show up and it's like, what am I, what, what am I doing to myself? Why? Didn't, didn't we just do a sermon? Didn't we just plan? A, there's another one coming? It just keeps going? Uh, I don't know if you can relate relates. Mondays are hard. And everybody has a Monday. Everybody has a Monday, right? Monday, it's, it's, it's the rest of your life. And sometimes at church, we actually don't know what each other's Mondays really are, right? We kind of see each other once a week, and we all have that Monday experience. Uh, we, we, some, of it's, 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 some of us, it's going back to school. Maybe you're still waiting to do that, but it's coming, guys. If you haven't started yet, it's coming. Uh, it's back to work. Uh, it's back to laundry and soccer practice and, home, you know, taking care of your home. It's, it's on a job site. It's, it's, it's planning and organizing and volunteering and cleaning and right, all the stuff you do to make life happen uh, between Sundays. Maybe a little Netflix thrown in there. And then you're kind of, you know, you're back here on Sunday together. And listen, I, you know, I, we're talking about Monday. Uh, pastors uh, are obsessed with kind of this one hour a week we get together, kind of you're, the moment you're in right now. This is what we think about uh, a lot of time. But sometimes, you know, I, I'm guilty of this. We kind of forget about 
Monday. We forget about the other 167 hours of the week where, most, where we spend most of our time and energy, where probably most of our struggle and frustration is, most of our, uh, right, the, the work that we do. Uh, we're, we're obsessed with Sundays. I, it's, it's, I kid you not, it's how I measure life. I, I think, okay, that was two Sundays ago, so now I've got to pay my water bill. That's how I measure time is with Sundays. And yet, there, and you guys, there is something special about Sunday. I hope you feel that when you're here. Uh, this is, after all, the day Jesus rose from the dead, defeated death. It was a Sunday. This is the day that Christians, most Christians for 2,000 years, uh, have gathered to worship. By the way, that's uh, over uh, 100,000 Sundays. Think about that. 100,000 Sundays of worship. And when we gather, I, I truly hope this hour or two is a meaningful time for you, maybe three or four hours for, for you overachievers. Um, but so much, you guys, so much of what we should be doing together, what God has called us to do, is not about this hour. It's about all the moments and days that God has for you tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, and every minute of every day, in every place God's called us, in every relationship God's given us, in every thought, word, and deed, because everything matters to God, not just this hour or this day. God made us to worship Him in all of life. This is how we're designed, which means, I have a shocking statement for you, God made you for Monday. He made me for Monday and Tuesday and every day. Those moments sometimes, and I'm, I do this, those moments sometimes we want to avoid, get away from, right? The hard realities of life, the everyday step-by-step stuff we're called to do, God is intensely, infinitely interested in those things with you. And because of all of this, and because of the, the church's, you know, our tendency as, as believers, as people, to kind of turn inward over time, think more about Sundays. Okay, today we're starting a new series. I don't know if you picked up on it. Maybe we've said that a few times. Uh, and more than just a series, you guys. Uh, this isn't a new idea at Christ Community. I mean, this is going to sound some of it familiar to you. But this is a sort, a sort of a new way of thinking for us at Christ Community. We want this to be an, a, a direction we follow together especially over the course of this, this of 29, as we start a new year. And we, we want to be a church for Monday. That's what we've called this series, a church for Monday. So as we start this new year, and you guys, there's another special thing about this year. This is our 30th year as a church, 2019. I believe in the spring uh, is, is the, kind of the actual anniversary day. But this is our 30th year together uh, in this movement in Kansas City, and we want to be a people that see all of life as sacred to God. We want to be a church that invests our energy, not just in making Sundays great, or at least tolerable for you. Hopefully they're tolerable. I'm, you guys, I needed a laugh there. That was too serious. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Right? Not just, not just focusing on Sunday, but everything else God's called us to do. To be a church that's about preparing you not only to enter these doors, but to leave them to go where God has you, to be ready for anything and everything, ready to follow Jesus in all of life. And throughout this series, uh, we're gonna, what we're going to try to do, this is eight, eight weeks together, including today, what we're going to try to do is paint a picture of what does a person ready for Monday look like, right? Not, not perfectly, uh, but what do they believe? What do they do? What do they practice? Well, what does it mean to do this? We're going to be in, in, in a variety of, of texts in the Bible 
which is a little unique for us, but I think it's, I think it's the, uh, the right move for us in this series. And if you're new this morning, uh, this is a great time to be here because you're going to get to know who we are as a church. Uh, this is a time to see what we think about this Christian life. What, what is it that we're called to do? What, what, how does Christ's community think about those things? And if you've been around for a while, some of these ideas over these ne- next eight weeks, they may be familiar to you. I, in fact, I hope that they are. Uh, but if you're like me, I need those reminders. I need these time. Th- these aren't things, this isn't a list we check off. It's, it's, these are things we grow in over time forever. We keep learning. Now, here's the hard part. I'm going to say this right up front. may have to say it every week, but I'm going to say it right up front. There are so many individual Mondays represented in this room. Right? We couldn't possibly address everyone's rest of life well uh, in a 35-minute sermon uh, on any given Sunday because some of you are students and some of you are retired and some of you are single parents and some of you are blue-collar workers, some of you are white-collar workers, some of you are pink-collar, some of you are plaid-collar workers. Right? There's, there's an incredible diversity in this room around what happens after, you know, 10-15. And that's great. That, that's a good thing. We need that. But here's what I'm going to ask something of you today and this whole series. Okay, you gotta, we need your help for you to think through specifically, okay, God, what have you called me to do? Where have you positioned to be best in the rest of my life? And what are you calling me to focus on to serve you? Okay, we're going to do our best to think through lots of different lenses, but we need you to, as well as, God, as a church, what are you calling us to do together? And we've created some tools to kind of help you think that through specifically uh, we're gonna, I'm going to get to that kind of later on in the sermon. Uh, but um, for now, if you brought your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, it's this text that we just heard uh, read a few minutes ago. Uh, and as we start this conversation, this, this new year, uh, one of the first things we're going to see in this text in Ephesians uh, from Paul uh, is that Monday matters to God. And I'll explain uh, how in just a second. All of life belongs to him. Now, just a little background on, on Ephesians, uh, since we're, we're, we're jumping there. Ephesians uh, was written by the Apostle Paul, probably about 30 years after the resurrection. Uh, Paul, if you're not familiar with him, was a, an apostle, an eyewitness of the risen uh, Christ of Jesus uh, after he rose from the dead. Uh, and he planted churches all around the Roman Empire. Uh, and uh, one of them was in this region of Ephesus, or the city of Ephesus. Uh, and he wrote, what he did is he would write letters uh, to these churches uh, to encourage them in the faith. And this is one of those letters, the letter of Ephesians. And in chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 11, which is where we're going to kind of camp out, is that little section right there. Uh, Paul, in verse 11, he talks about the leaders of the church. In verse 12, he talks about what leaders are supposed to do in the church, what the church is really supposed to do. And in verses 13 to 16, he says, this is what that will look like in practice, okay? So what I want to do, it's a little unusual. I'm going to move backwards through this, okay? So we're going to, I'm going to reread verses 13 to 16 uh, and start there. So here's essentially what Paul is saying. He says, the goal of the church is to help everyone attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or, or adulthood is the idea there, to mature, mature adulthood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and 
carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, to be more like Jesus. Now, there's a lot in this passage that I'd love to unpack. We probably can't do it. But what I want you to notice, first and foremost, is the language of maturity, of growth, right? Paul says, to help you reach mature adulthood, to the fullness of Christ, to grow up in every way. And here's the image that Paul is drawing. He's saying, just like as parents, if you're a parent in the room or a grandparent, or even an aunt and an uncle, you know this, uh, one of the number one goals with young people, right, if you're an adult in a young person's life, is to help them become an adult, to be a thriving adult. So, right, for me personally, Avery and Ben, those are my kids, uh, one of my number one goals in life is that when they walk out of the house at 18 or 30, whenever they decide, Right? I'm no longer, when, when I'm no longer there to hold their hand and say, do this, don't do that, that I've prepared them for that moment, that I've given them the foundation and the tools to handle in a faithful way whatever life throws at them that I cannot control. That's the goal. Paul is saying the church does the same thing. This is the purpose of this community together, to help us figure out life as growing followers of Jesus, so that when we leave today as the church gathered and become the church scattered all over Kansas City, we're ready because everything there matters to God, just like here. Now, if you've been at Christ Community for a while, you're familiar with this distinction I'm going to make, but a lot of us maybe aren't. So, there's there's this trap that Christians fall into sometimes. It's not actually not just Christians, but for our purposes. Uh, and it's basically, <laughs> to, to, the trap is that sometimes we think of some things in life as secular and some things in life as sacred. Okay, and by sacred, I mean like the spiritual stuff. We think there are things in life that God actually really cares about, right? He wants me to come to church on Sunday. He wants me to pray. He wants me to read my book. Whatever that is. There's things God cares about. And the secular stuff is like the neutral or unspiritual. It's the stuff that doesn't matter to God or my spiritual life. Right? The spreadsheet I'm doing, the laundry I'm folding, right? That doesn't really matter. That's just kind of a distraction from my true spirituality that can only happen, right, in the prayer closet or in, in, in Bible or whatever that is. Okay? And when we fall into that trap, we can think this is why I focus on Christians, that church is really, the purpose of church is really to prepare me for the spiritual stuff. Teach me to read my Bible, pray for me every now and then, and help me avoid really bad sin. That's the purpose. We can think that's, that's the goal of, of the church. The problem with that distinction, okay, secular, sacred, uh, is that everything is sacred to God. Everything is sacred to God. It is not a distinction that the Bible makes at all. And here's how you know that. There's a lot of ways you know that, but here's, I think, one of the more uh, straightforward ones. I think sometimes we think in the beginning God created the church and then everything else, right? This is like the primary thing he cares about. This is the primary way uh, he calls each one of us. But here's the thing. God made work and rest before he made the church. 
God made relationships and family before he made the church. Which means there's nothing in this world, there's no thing, there's no amount of time, there's no time of day, there's no day of the week over which God is not the ultimate owner and about which he does not infinitely care. So number one, you can't divide these two things out because God owns it all. It's all sacred to him. Every moment of your life is sacred to him. Every space in this world is sacred to him. And perhaps more to the point, more personally, is there anything or a moment that is not forming you spiritually in your life? Are, you, are, are any of us actually able to walk out these doors and say, okay, from now, now I'm not growing or changing anymore until I come back to church on Sunday? <laughs> Nothing else, nothing's affecting me when I walk out these doors spiritually as a, as a human being, as an, in my character, my formation. Right? When the truth is that in everything we do, in, every, in, in all that we are, we are either, as Paul says, moving toward attaining the fullness of measure of Christ, or we are moving away from him into, chi- into childishness, right, into immaturity. Just like you cannot hit pause on the growth of a child. You cannot do it. I've tried. It doesn't work. Just like you cannot, no matter what is happening, you cannot stop a child from growing and absorbing and changing. Human beings, we are always growing and changing. We are always becoming someone no matter what. So the way you spend your money forms you. The, the way you, the, what you watch, the way you work, how you engage technology, your study habits, your hobbies, your relationships, right? Everything you do on Monday throughout the week affects you one way or another. The question is not, am I being formed? Am I changing? The question is, into whom am I changing? Who am I becoming? And this may be, a, uh, this may, I'm going to make this tangible for you. This may be a terrible example. But have you ever seen the movie Click with Adam Sandler? <laughs> if you have not seen this movie, don't see it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. There's nothing here. I'm going to tell you the most important part of the movie, I, I, I think. Okay. But, so it's, it's a silly movie and it's, it's not great. But it makes one really profound point, And I want to share that with you. So uh, the premise, if you're not familiar, is that Adam Sandler's character is visited by this kind of supernatural being. Um, and he's given a remote. And basically, this remote has the power to fast forward his life, to skip parts of his life, to pause, to rewind, and view uh, things in the past. Basically, it has the power of like a DVD player over his life. Does anyone know what a DVD player is anymore? Is that even a good? I don't know. I just thought about that. Uh, so, uh, that really dated me. Okay, so anyway. Right, he, so, so, you know, he gets this thing, and it's, it's, it's a comedy. So, he, you know, he has a big work project that he does not want to do. So he skips it. It's done. Right? He's, like, unconscious when it happens, and it's done. There's a camping trip he's agreed to take with, like, one of his kids or something. And he's like, man, I really don't want to do this. So he, he skips it just to get through it. Stuff like that. By the end of the movie, he's lost his wife, his kids, his health, and he hates it. He hates what his life has become. And the profound moment is that this angel uh, visits him again, the one who gave him the remote. And Adam Sandler's like sick and he hates his life and he says, this is not the life I wanted. And the angel looks at him and says, but it is the life you chose. Right? It is every little moment. The things we want to skip, even, 
Maybe for you, that's mon- that is literally tomorrow. <laughs> I just want to skip it. Is actually where we choose who we are going to be. That's how profoundly this matters. And listen, no one sets out to like ruin their life. No one wakes up one day and says, man, I want to become a ki- the kind of person who's so selfish that I push away the people I care about the most. No one wants, but, but every little one selfish choice after another, even in those mundane throwaway moments we think are, are, are fill up our life. But here's the, the opposite is also true. Right? I gave you a negative example. But the Bible talks a lot about this too. If we, if we are the kind of people who decide I'm going to wake up and pray this morning, instead of checking my phone first, over time we become the kind of people who rely on God more and more every day. Right? Those little things, those little decisions that we make. Or you can make a daily choice to serve someone in your work, in your home, in your, in your family. Right? Take out the trash. You might actually become the kind of person who understands that the posture of all of life is service in Christ. That that's all that we're called to do in everything we do. Which means that everything matters. Okay, the, the, what we do the first thing we wake up, the people we talk to, our attitude that we bring to work or to school or to the laundry, to the soccer field. What we decide to do with the time we're given matters profoundly to God. And that is not just Sunday. It's every day. Right? It's easy to come here for an hour and follow Jesus or at least pretend, right? We can put on a smile and a, a decent outfit and we clean up really nice. It's a lot harder on Monday, isn't it? That's where the rubber meets the road. It's that moment. But God made you for it. That's where he wants your attention. Okay, and because Monday matters to God, this is, it, it also means that Monday is an opportunity for God's people. It's an opportunity. It's not an obstacle to life, to happiness. It's an opportunity. So now now jump back to verse 12. Paul says the purpose of the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Right? Here is our job as a church. Do you see that? Every, Every day, Paul says, is an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to serve. And the church should help you with both. And not just on Sunday. Right, every day is an opportunity to grow. I, I, I would guess for many of us, uh, we made a New Year's resolution, and it was probably something around kind of being uh, a better human being, right? Growing as a person probably is my guess for most of us. Whether you're Christian or not, we probably decided... That's something we want to do. And maybe you even thought, and it's why you're here today, I'm going to go to church more. This is a part of my resolution. That's great. I love that. That's a great resolution to have. But let me remind you, that is one hour a week. This time together that we have, one hour a week. It's not enough. Sundays, I think, and we have a whole sermon on Sunday in this series and why it's so important to Monday. But Sundays are like a a big meal, Uh, ideally. Right? As we come and we feast together, we worship together, we're, kind of, we're filled up together, uh, we're reminded of the story we live in, right? all these good things that happen on a Sunday morning, ideally. Uh, but, if we, but how many of us live as if that's the only meal we need for the week? <laughs> Tell them we're gonna, you know, that's going to get us to next Sunday. It, we, it's not a flourishing life to eat one meal a week. We need it every day. 
We have to care about Monday. In my week moments, you guys, and I shared earlier about that, Monday and the, and the work week in general, just, you know, Monday to, you know, Friday, I treat it like something to get through instead of as a gift from God with infinite possibility and purpose. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that the creator God of the universe has given me the minutes and the hours that I so often dread or take for granted or treat like they do not matter. And my hunch is that many of you do the same thing. And I, I don't know why we do this. <laughs> Even when I go and I, I try to, you know, this is part of my own pastoral practice, like when I meet with people is I try to hear, you know, what, what, is, what is your Monday like? What is your all of life like? What do you do when I, outside of when I see you for an hour on Sunday? And you know, let's think together about how God uses that. People, I, what I've noticed is people have a tendency to nod along with me, but they don't really believe God can use that or that God had a, has given it to you, has a purpose for it at all. It's, it's either too mundane or too routine or too frustrating for you to think that way. I get this a lot from stay-at-home parents. It's like, how, you know, tell me about how God's using you. And it's like, listen, I barely got dressed. I barely got teeth brushed. The house is a wreck. What are you talking about? <laughs> talking about God using that. Right? We, don't, we don't believe it. There's, here, let me hear this. There's this amazing book uh, by Tish Warren, Anglican priest. It's called The Liturgy of the Ordinary. This is, the, this is what I'm trying to get at here. It's so good. I, I want you to, to listen to this. She has chapters on waking up, making the bed, brushing your teeth, eating leftovers, fighting with her husband, checking email, sitting in traffic. And the big idea, you guys, is that all of this is an opportunity for growth and worship. Every moment. Let me give you just a taste of this. She says, the new life into which we are baptized is lived out in days and hours and minutes. God is forming us into a new people. And the place of that formation is in the small moments of today. We tend to want a Christian life with the dull bits cut out. Yet God made us to spend our days in rest and work and play, taking care of our bodies and our families and our neighborhoods and our homes. What if all these boring parts matter to God? What if the days passed in ways that feel small and insignificant to us are weighty with meaning and part of the abundant life that God has for us? There's no one's life that, that does not apply to. Do you, see, do you see the opportunity we're given every day? And, and, and do we embrace it? Yeah, I, I don't normally either, but I want to. That's why I want a church for Monday, a church that talks to me about that, reminds me, actually, those little things you do outside of this time matter profoundly to God and to your own personal growth. And not just that, but for my own opportunity to serve. Now, I want you to, I'm going to read this again. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, there's, an unf there's, this is a, there's a couple things about this translation that I think are tough for us. The first is this word saint. We, we hear saint, we think Mother Teresa. And as great as she is, right, none of us are going to raise our hand and say, I am like Mother Teresa, okay? Uh, and the second problem is this word ministry. Right? When you hear the word ministry, you probably think this building. Maybe not, but a lot, many of us do. We, and, and, you know, 
We, we literally call it children's ministry and student ministry and adult ministry. That's not what Paul is saying. So first of all, a saint, a holy one in the New Testament is anyone who believes in Jesus and trusts him for their salvation. You're a saint if you're a follower of Jesus. Number two, this word ministry, a better translation is service. This is the idea Paul meant, service. So this, this verse, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, it simply means the church should get us all ready to serve. That's, that's the big idea. And yes, you guys serving here in this building, during, you know, either on Sunday or during the week, that matters. We need, we need that. We can't love each other well without serving, making a hospitable environment for each other, without pouring into the lives of, of, of younger people. Okay, we need that kind of service. But, but do we, does our, our thinking about service stop there? Do you enter your, your workday thinking, I'm actually called to serve here first and foremost? My clients and my coworkers? My employees? My classmates? Right? I'm actually primarily called to serve my children, to love them as Christ would love them, that every day is an opportunity for that kind of service unto God. More than you'll ever be here, you are positioned to serve on Monday. Because God has given each of us a specific thing. He's given us specific things, I should say. It's more than one. Specific things that only you can do and where only you can serve. Whether that's in your workplace, it's in your home, it's in your stage of life, it's all of that. And if you don't think that's true, if you think you've come to a place where God cannot use you because you are single or you don't have kids or you don't have your dream job, whatever that is, or you're too young, or you're too old, I want you to hear me say this flat out. That is a lie. That is not true. God is not waiting for you before he can use your life to help you grow and, to help you, and, to, and for you to serve. He's not. He's not waiting for you to enter a new stage of life for that. Nor, and I'm, I'm going I'm to hit this one a little harder. Nor... Uh, does he dismiss us because the world thinks we are past our prime? He is much bigger than that. Your Monday matters. It's an opportunity that no one else gets but you. That's how important this is. Which means, fi final thought, that Monday is the mission of the church. That's the big idea of this whole passage. Monday is our mission. And if you, don't look, if you don't believe me, look back at verse, verses 11 to 12, the beginning of the passage. This is the, this is the reason I, as a pastor, have a job. This is it. And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to get us ready to serve, for building up the body of Christ. Now, there's a little bit of debate about what all those titles mean in the first century church. We actually aren't totally sure, but the, we know we are sure of this, the big idea here is that our role as leaders, okay, not just pastors, but leaders, elders, volunteer leaders, people who serve on Sunday, our role, our mission is to get you ready for everything else. That's the, that's the whole point. Yes, Sunday matters. The church gathered is a big deal, and we want to do that well. And we want you to be here, and we want you to want to be here, like I said, we have a whole sermon coming up on why Sunday is so indispensable for the rest of life. 
It is. But as we go from being the church gathered to the church scattered, if you walk out of this room unprepared, unsupported, and unloved in what you do with the remaining 167 hours of your, of your life of the week, we have failed. We haven't done our job. We cannot fulfill our mission of making disciples, of apprentices of Jesus. We cannot. If we are content with being a church for one hour, one day a week. What I need, what you need, is a church family that cares about and understands and helps us get ready for all of life. So what does that look like? How do we do that? This is where we're going to take these next seven weeks and talk this through. And we're going to have a message on, on each one of these characteristics that I'm about to share with you, but I'm, I want to give you a quick preview. This is what I'm about to tell you. This is not an exhaustive list. It's not meant to be sequential even, necessarily. Nor are these ever something we accomplish or we check off the list, okay? But here's what we think. Here's after a lot of thought and prayer. This is where we want to go with this series and beyond. A person who's ready for Monday or getting ready is growing in seven things, seven marks. So this person, number one, takes up their cross, okay? We trust Jesus in all of life. They put on the yoke. By that we mean pursuing intimacy with God through spiritual discipline. They build their life on the Bible, which means we see everything we do in the overarching story of God's Word. We love the church. Right? We prioritize the family of God. We seek the good of the city uh, in, in giving ourselves away, generosity in all things. We seek the good of the city in sharing the gospel, this good news of Jesus in both our words and our deeds, how we speak and how we live. And we seek the good of the city by working diligently for the flourishing of all. Now, if you've been around here for a while, these should be familiar to you. They're really just our values. Cross Yoke Bible Church City, you saw each one of those was anchored in one of our values. They're really like our values applied. And we're so committed to these seven things. We're taking a Sunday on each one of those. That's our series. I just laid it out for you. That's how important we think these are. And we've even created a book for each of you. I should have grabbed one. Here we go. Hopefully when you came in, this was on every chair when you came in. We've created this for you. Uh, Every adult, certainly, but, you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers, if you want to journey with us in this, I would love that. Grab one of these books uh, before you leave. Um, In it, you'll find uh, more details, and uh, even that list of the seven marks is is printed in here. Uh, Weekly uh, readings and questions for reflection and and, and discussion. Uh, I know it's like, this is exactly what you wanted as a church with homework, I I know. (laughs) Community groups also, by the way, you're, uh, you're dis- there are discussion guides in here. So all of our, our community groups will be walking through this together uh, as well. But listen, I know maybe you're looking at this and you're like, this sounds crazy. You do have a weekly homework assignment. Uh, we, we think that this is so important. That's why we created this, these seven things. And we want to do anything we can to help you to get into them. That's why we made this. And this is a great place to begin. It won't take that much time, but I think it will pay dividends that we can't even imagine. It will help us get ready for Monday in a way that just this hour together cannot do. And if you're looking for a tangible step like this new year, can I just tell you, this is it. Do this. 
Eight weeks, you can do it. Tomorrow, like I said, is the first Monday of the new year. Let's start off right. And really, this first homework assignment, you guys, really, is just getting clarity. What, what is your Monday? What does God put in your life that only you can do? And what is He trying to, what, you know, think, reflect on? What is He trying to do with that? What, is, what are we called to do here? And imagine, you guys, imagine if we did. Imagine if we began to live a little more like Jesus every day. That's the goal of this thing. And think about this. Jesus, he came as an ordinary baby. We just celebrated this. To an ordinary city, to ordinary parents, on an ordinary day. And he became an ordinary carpenter. Most of his life on earth, we know nothing about. Right? It was, yet no one lived it better than he did. For God has come, yes, to die for our sins, yes, but also to show us how to live. And to empower us through his spirit to grow. To become more like him in the life that we've been given. And Paul, what Paul is saying here is that becoming more like Jesus is largely done in, in living like him in the very ordinary parts of your life. The everyday parts. And imagine if your school right, were filled with people who understood that. People who, who would reach out to people struggling with loneliness and anxiety in, this, in a hostile world? What if those schools were filled with parents who understood this, who understood that my calling in life is not to prepare well-adjusted, wealthy children into adults, but is to show image bearers what it means to receive the grace of Christ and to live in that mission? How different that would be, how different that statement is from what we often experience but if your workplace was filled with people who want to become more like Jesus, and saw what they do primarily as a way to worship God, yes, but also serve their neighbor and the common good of all, not just, their, not just a bottom line. Imagine if our neighborhoods were filled with people who just this basic Christian hospitality can change the feel of, of a whole neighborhood. Imagine if our retired folks, and there are, I know there are many of us in this room that are either close to that stage or are in it, who had a, a bigger vision for life than playing golf in their retirement, but understood I have experience and expertise that only I have to give back to the church and to my community in non-traditional ways, but man, that would be amazing. If, if we were known Christians, if Christians in general were known more for Monday than for Sunday, what would that do? What kind of witness would that be? That's what we, that's, as Christ's community, that's what we long to be, by the Spirit's help and God's grace every day. Maybe you're still not there. That's okay. Maybe you need a little more imagination around this of what this could look like. Right? We all have different Mondays. I get it. Sometimes it's hard to wrap our mind around that. Sometimes it's hard to see how could God use what I do or who, who I am in this world. To help us to do that, uh, we, we want to tell a lot of stories over the next few weeks of, of people living this out. Uh, and specifically, we, we, we created little videos of, of, of several of these stories. And today I want to show you just, just, just a little taster of each one to, get, to, to whet your appetite. So, uh, take a minute and watch.
I can see one aspect of me being in a chair bringing him glory. And I can say that because when people see that I love God regardless of my circumstances, when people see that I still praise him regardless of being in a chair, that gives people encouragement so they can say, no matter where I am, I can still serve God. Then the next week we went in for an ultrasound again and they just wanted to check and see and then at that point um, is when Lisa said, so actually um, there's not only three but there's four. At that point we at least, I don't know, I was like definitely like sort of shaking and just like oh my goodness like four like I mean I knew three was a lot but like what does that do for like my body for the babies you know like what does that look like when you're in a room with somebody experiencing you know something so shocking as you're pregnant with quadruplets or so devastating as I don't see a heartbeat today I feel like sometimes the language of kindness is something that is easy to overlook my main heartbeat and passion and where the guys want me to spend my time is creating relationships and connection points. Last spring I was over here and we had a, a young high school student <clears throat> commit suicide. And when I left the property I just thought, man, this is just, there's just a lot of darkness here. But. Um, I think we could make a difference. Just have to give kids another vision for what you know, their lives could be as opposed to what it may be as set up to be today if there's no one that's stepping in to help them. We're going to show these uh, stories throughout the series, so you're not going to want to miss uh, how God is working in these, in these very ordinary Mondays of people that these are all Christ community people. And what we want to do uh, now is respond this morning by taking communion together. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think one of the more profound ones for me today is it's, it's one of those things we do as a church family regularly because it reminds us that one of the things Jesus does best is take very ordinary things, right? The bread and the cup, and he transforms them into blessing and grace. And that's what he wants to do with our lives too. Very ordinary people, aren't we? With what we consider to be really normal, ordinary Mondays, work, home, family, friendship, relationship. But what God wants to do is take those things and transform them supernaturally into blessing and grace for the world. So if you are here and you're a follower of Jesus, you are welcome to his table. There are stations all around the room. Uh, find the one nearest to you uh, and come in groups uh, and, and receive this ordinary blessing together. Please come.